0: We are in the holy season of Lent, which is such a great time to to th- allow ourselves to be guided by the Bible readings at the Mass. And one of the options for today, the third Sunday, is the reading about the Samaritan woman, which Deacon was reading, and I think was my own fault. He asked me if I wanted him to do the longer reading, and I said yes, <laughs> but I thought. Anyway, I didn't, I didn't prepare any reflections about the Samaritan woman. I, I focused on you know, the Gospel that he read about the cleansing of the Temple. So this is where we are. Uh, there's plenty in Lent to, to guide us. And already we have gone into the desert with Jesus. Remember, 40 days and 40 nights, a time of fasting, a time to face the serious business of life and to deal with the ever-present problem of temptation. And to join in Jesus' victory over the tempter, that is Satan. So that was our focus on the first Sunday. And then on the second Sunday last week we went up the mountain with Jesus. We saw his glory. We got a a glimpse of who he really is. God from God, light from light, true God from true God. And we saw what is to come at the end of this journey, the Lenten journey, not only death, but also resurrection, death and resurrection and eternal glory. So we were told last Sunday to keep this in mind, keep this goal in mind during the difficult journey of Lent. Otherwise, we won't even know why we're doing this in the first place. We have this goal in mind. Okay, and then today, third Sunday, we start this third week of Lent with this dramatic event in the temple in Jerusalem, Jesus aggressively driving the vendors and the money changers out of the temple. And his his first words in this morning's Gospel are also very aggressive. Take these out of here. He doesn't say, please, take these out of here. Stop making my father's house a marketplace now we can imagine if you think about this scene you can imagine how how chaotic it must have been magulot talaga, because there's animals running around and and there's there's furniture being knocked over tables and chairs and and then there, you could hear the sound of the coins on the pavement or, or crashing to the ground and rolling along. And, and then, especially, you can hear all the people shouting, "What are you doing?" And hey, there, those are my animals. That's my money. What, you, what is this crazy man doing, ruining my business? So that's the event, cleansing of the temple, we call it. Now let's reflect on this with two questions. First of all, why did Jesus do this? And secondly, what does this have to do? us, with our Lenten journey. So let's focus first on Jesus, and, and the, the first reason for his doing this is, is clear. There was disorder in the temple. Uh, it simply should not be like this. And that should be obvious. Something has to be done. This mess has to be cleaned up. So that's clear. But the Gospel tells us that Jesus has something more in mind than simply a quick sweep of the temple. When they ask him what he's up to, he says something mysterious. He says, destroy this temple, and in three days, I will raise it up. And they say, what are you talking about? For 46 years, <laughs> this temple. So it's clear, he's not just talking about this temple building, he's talking about the temple of his own body, and he's alluding to what is going to come we're going to celebrate at the end of the month his death and resurrection on the third day.
1: And then at the very end of the reading
0: the evangelist adds this fascinating detail. It says, Jesus did not need anyone to testify about human nature. He himself understood it well. He understands what goes on inside of us.
1: So there are many levels of this
0: cleansing action. The building is the most dramatic, the cleansing of the the temple building, but that's actually the least important of all. Much more important is what Jesus will do to replace the old ways with the new temple of his body, the new temple of his risen life. That's what we're going to celebrate uh, in, in Holy Week and Easter. And then also important is what he will do or what he is doing in us. In our human nature which he understands very well. He knows what is in us better than we know ourselves and he knows what has to happen in order for us to be glorified. So that takes me to the second question. First question is why did Jesus do this? Second question is well, what does it have to do with us? What does it have to do with our journey through Lent? We can take Jesus' strong actions here as a reminder our need to be cleansed. We are temples. We are holy. We have been made holy by baptism. God dwells in us. He wants to. He wants to dwell in us but sometimes things get in the way. We often turn our own hearts into a marketplace. Palenque. So what sort of cleansing do we need? What sort of cleansing do our hearts need? Look, we're not talking primarily here about evil things, about sins. I mean, there are some things that should not be done anywhere, inside the temple or outside the temple, right? Sins, there's no place for sin. The basic guide for these things is found in today's first reading. The Ten Commandments given to Moses. The Ten Commandments are very important. We should know them, we should memorize them. I hope you do know them. But the point is we should not let killing and adultery and stealing and lying and envy and disrespect for our parents and these things, we should not let these things into the temple of our hearts, into our inner life, because that, that just ruins our life and it ruins our relationship with God. Okay. If you want to be cleansed of these things, of sins, the best solution is a good confession. And during Lent, make a good confession. Don't let Lent go by without going to confession. Good reminder. But that's not the only thing Jesus is dealing with here. He's not dealing only with sinful actions. He doesn't say, don't ever do these things. He doesn't say, never sell doves, never change money. No, he says, take these out of here. Alicine here this is not the place for this there's in other words there's there's a right place for business and commerce but this is not it this is the temple this is the house of god this is the house of our father this is the place for prayer for worship for sacrifice so get these out of here there are some things and this should be obvious to us that have their right place outside, out in the Palenque, so the buying and selling and the eating and the drinking, and even the using of phones and all kinds of things we have to do. Sure, there's places for that, but no surprise, people use their phones and their gadgets right in the church, even during Mass. I can see it more easily than you can because I can see everybody. You're looking up here, but I can look up there and I see sometimes people looking at their phones. Well, this is a very obvious modern example of turning our father's house into a marketplace. Not that we can never use our phone, but not here. Not now. Not here, not now, not in the church. If you can't give up your phone for one hour a week, well then you you have a real a big problem. And look at that. If you can't stop using the phone for one hour, you have some kind of an exaggerated attachment, if not an addiction. Okay, but let's reflect more on ourselves here, and the temple of our own hearts. What about our own prayer time? I'm not talking about what we do here in church necessarily, but when we carve out a little time and a little space in our daily life to pray. Prayer is one of the most basic acts of, of religion. It's, it's our lifeline to God. It's, it's our personal connection with God, talking to God, listening to God. If we don't pray, we dry up spiritually. So prayer is very important. And one of the three practices that Jesus spoke about on Ash Wednesday, right? Prayer, fasting, and uh, deeds of mercy. So what happens when we pray? And you can each reflect on your own experience. Uh, We start with a desire to pray, of course, a desire to be with God. We love Him, we love God. We want to open up our friendship with Him. But as soon as we sit down or take a little time aside, what happens? Well, so many things come to mind so many distractions, so many important matters that crowd in. I have to finish this project. I'm late to meet that deadline, the children are misbehaving, the school is asking for some papers, shopping has to get done, the, 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 the Lola needs some medicine, and besides I have to answer that text or that email, and, and by, by the way, there's breaking news that's on my phone, and then there's a sale at the mall, and, 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 and you know, gosh, it's Jun birthday in three days, I haven't even prepared the party yet. All those things are going to enter, and, and a hundred more. You see what I'm saying? The temple of our hearts just gets too cluttered, too too crowded, no space for worship of God. I'm not saying anything is bad about any of those things. Most distractions are not evil distractions, they're just distractions. They're just less important things. it's true temptations to sin can also creep in but that's clearer what that 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 does have to be rejected but do we have to clean the kitchen right now or can it wait it's not a sin to clean the kitchen it's not a sin to go to the sale go to the palenque but does it have to be right now is it the most important thing right now so what has to happen Get these out of here, Jesus says. Get these out of here. And it takes what sometimes feels like a a violent act to make space for God. We have to turn off the phone. We have to shut the door. We have to let go. Leave the kitchen. Go into another space, another room. Drop whatever is not essential. It takes an effort. It's one of the hard... It's Prayer is sometimes hard work. It doesn't happen automatically. Now, this can also help us interpret, this idea of cleansing the temple, it can help us interpret some of the disturbing things that happen in our life, things that we don't necessarily choose, because sometimes God himself upsets our... Our plans. It's not only we who are cleansing the temple by turning off our phone, but God himself interferes. He, 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 he drives what is so important to us out of our lives. He, he overturns the tables. He scatters our money. He messes up our business. He interferes with our plans, even if they seem like good plans. There's traffic, there's a breakdown of some kind. We get sick, or someone in the family gets sick, or we lose our job, or the battery dies, or the the bank is offline. There's other things like this. Something that we need is out of stock, won't come till next week. Well, great, now I can't do this. And suddenly, what's very important to us has been stopped by God himself. And it it can feel like God is against us. Imagine those vendors in the temple. This Jesus is our enemy. He's, He's ruining everything for us. It seems like that in the moment, as if he's ruining my business, as if he's ruining my life. But it's not that. He's cleansing our life. He's cleansing our temple, and that's a good thing. Lent reminds us that we don't always understand what God is doing. But we certainly shouldn't judge what he's doing. God is preparing us for Easter, even more than we are preparing for Easter. So don't judge God harshly, the way the officials of the temple were judging Jesus so harshly. No, let God be in charge. If he's driving something out of your life, well that means you don't need it anyway. As hard as that is to believe in the moment, there are many things that we simply don't need, we don't need them right now. What do we need more than anything else? We need God, we need God himself. The first commandment, the very first commandment, reminds us, I am the Lord your God, you shall have no other gods. So in this Lent, in this Lent, we drive out the disorders and the distractions, and God does this too. God cleanses the temple of our hearts, of our lives, so so that we can put God first, so that we can worship Him in the temple of our hearts.